No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday and the Dr. Friday Show, and we're here live today. So if you want to join us, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, talking about my absolutely favorite subject, which is taxes. Now, a lot of you may already think that, you know what, taxes are done. We don't need to worry about them anymore, which is completely wrong. Some of you have managed the file, but many of you have still not received your refunds. Today, uh, even though I was traveling and I'm on basically vacation, thanks to Dr. Electric, um, I am here in uh, Flunny, Florida, and there are at least six people I've spoke to on the way here, and they all are asking me, why did I not get my refund? Some of them, I didn't file the returns. And the answer is the same for everyone, guys. The IRS is running slow. Now, for some of you procrastinators, you do have, if you live in Campbell, Cannon, Cheaton, Claymore, Clay, Davidson, Decatur, Fresh, Gain, Hardis, Henderson, Hickman, Jackson, Madison, Murray, McNair, Moore, Overton, Scott, Smith, Wayne, Williamson, and Wilson counties. And I am not repeating all those. Um, if you live in one of those counties, and if you're not too sure, you can certainly text me and I will let you know what those counties were. You have an automatic extension. If your primary home and or business is in those counties, you have an automatic extension to August 2nd. For a few of you that may not have um, been able to meet the May 17th deadline for one reason or another, you may have a get out of the jail card for free here because August 2nd will automatically extend those people in those counties. And those are for anybody. Um, it's for victims of severe storm damage, wind damage, tornadoes and floods that happened back on March, but it's anyone that lives in those counties, not necessarily you being directly affected by those storms. So that may give a few of you a little bit of a way out. And Lavinia's, I cannot see the screen. So just text me if you can, if anyone's calling that way, we can just do it that way, it's no big deal. Um, I appreciate it. So again, if you are an individual that is doing something with uh, your taxes and maybe you didn't get a chance or maybe we had to file extensions, it's been a bit of a crazy year with not only dealing with 2020 and its issues, but the PPP loans, the EIDLs, the uh, SBA loans, um, all of those coming out in the 7500s uh, for payroll, uh, re employee retention forms, I should say, um, all of those are on top of our normal tax season. So it's been a crazy year uh, trying to help all of our small businesses try to, you know, stay open um, to take advantage of any of the funds available for them to keep their doors open and doing that. So if you've got a question, um, you can join the show at 615 737-9986, 615-737-9986. We'll take your calls. 
Um, Lavidius is awesome. So he will help me uh, make sure I get through to those and I've got that open um, and, and we can go from there. So um, again, that's one of the big things. I know a lot of people, and I will tell you, I wasn't really pushing the August 2nd because I think almost if you have the ability to have filed by the May 17th deadline, it was trying to make that happen for most of our tax clients. But again, that also extended individuals that maybe live in those counties, wanted to make an IRA contribution but maybe didn't because they couldn't because it was too close to the May 17th and not able to it did extend the IRA contributions as well so there are some tax possible tax advantages to that situation you might want to look into if I'm not your tax person you might want to talk to those people to see what is happening with that so you can make sure that you're doing whatever it is you need done and have it happen. You can also join the show if you've got a question about any of those things, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, doing all the exciting things we want to do. Um, and of course, we are already five months into 2020, which also makes it a bit of a crazy bit because, uh, 2021, excuse me, we're five months into 2021. Um, and so just filing taxes, it, you know, if you make any changes, because a lot of times people come into my office and one of the first questions that usually comes up to be quite honest with you is, why do I owe money every single year? And these are individuals that are actually W-2 and they're, you know, they don't always understand why it's happening or what's happening. And it's pretty straightforward that you need to probably make some sort of adjustment. And I will tell you, I am not an advocate for the new W-4. It may just be the fact that I have change, um, but it may also be the fact that we have other issues. All right, Lavidius, I have the screen. Awesome. And why don't we go ahead and hit, I believe it's Teresa that's on the phone. Let's go to her. Hey, Teresa, what's happening? Uh, so, yeah, so I um, helped my son do his tax return this year, and uh, we filed it, um, well, by paper, and um, we sent it uh, probably April the 9th. We sent it in, okay. and we keep going to the check my refund thing, and uh, it, it says that there's no so, updates. Okay, so paper, yeah, paper mailing is going to take you six to eight weeks for it to get in the computer. So okay. if you electronically file, they give us 21 days. But if you do it by paper, it's six to eight weeks. Um, so oh, okay. you're looking at, if you did it first of April, April to May, May to June, probably I would wait till around the middle of June to see if there's a refund request in the system. Okay. Well, because, then yeah. I just okay. have another real quick question, if I could. So sure. he no, is in perfect. the middle yeah, of a divorce. And when we went on to the IRS website, um, it instructed him to file as a head of household because he was doing like 50% more of the, I don't know, the income type thing. And uh, anyways, we answer all the questions and it said that you should file head of household. Would that be something that maybe would be holding it up, do you think? Well, I mean, he's head of household. Does he have a child? He has two. Um, he has two children that one. live with him more than six months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, he here's going to be the outside of that possible of conversation. Does, does the, I mean, the ex, is it possible that his ex filed for the children? 
Um, as far as I know, she hadn't filed um, okay. at the time because that was one of the things that I was worried about. But she, as far as I know, she still hasn't filed. So okay. at least according well, that to would be attorney. something else that could hold up his return is if she e-files and you paper filed, the possibility that she could beat him in could happen. Again, I know you're, you know, you're already dealing with your son. Um, and as long as he's the one that had permission to take it, mailing is smart. And we've done this a lot of times because sometimes someone will beat us with taking the child, but they didn't have the right to take the child. And so we can document that we are the primary and that we should be claiming them um, and, and all that. So I'm not saying he did anything wrong, Teresa, but it, it's just going to take a bit longer. And it may there may come a time where there's a letter that's sent to you saying you'll need to document that you have proof that, that you're allowed to claim these children if for some reason and again i'm working with probably the bad side of things sometimes but if for some reason the um the mother ends up beating him to claim them it, and sometimes that happens gotcha okay I would say just well, give it a little it. bit more time. Um, if you did first, I mean, obviously it's it's only been a little over four weeks, getting closer to longer than that, I guess it's the 20th, so maybe closer to six weeks. So I would say anytime soon, a paper form, if it was mailed out in April, by the 1st of June, you should see at least the status that they've received his return. It may not yet say that he has, um, you know, has the refund ready yet, but it should say at least it's been received. If I don't see it, if I, if I were you and I didn't see it by uh, the eight week mark, which would be like the 9th of June, I'd probably certify another copy or even consider e-filing it at that time. Okay. 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 That way right, you, know, thank you, you want to make sure because we don't get lost. Thank you so much for your call. Appreciate it. All righty, and you are listening to the Dr. Friday Show. I'm an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. So pretty much all I do, guys, is deal with tax issues. So if you've gotten love letters or you have issues with the IRS or the state, um, I'm the person you're I'll probably want to call and see if we can make a resolution uh, to these problems. Make sure that you are getting the best resolution, probably one of the biggest things I do differently than most other companies that do do resolution work is I don't start out with this is going to cost you this much money. First, we find out if we can even do anything. What can we do? What kind of expectation? Then we talk about what it might cost to actually do the service. Most of the times you call up these companies and the first thing they say, oh, we can do this, but it's $500 a month, which is going to cost you $5,000 and we're going to need this, this and this. And I mean, I have a client that called me the other day and nothing had been moving and they've been doing this for months with this other company. And I'm like, I think they're waiting until they get enough money from them before they do something. So you, you need to have someone in your side that's going to be there, someone you can talk to and hopefully reach. Now tax season's over. Hopefully the phone lines will be a lot less busy. So if again, you want to join the show, it's really easy to do 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. So one of the biggest things we've had in the last couple of weeks coming through, of course, dealing with taxes, but you know, a lot of times or many times people have a couple different issues. One of the big issues is that even though you file your taxes, you can't afford to pay them. What are your options? How can you, you know, deal with the IRS and when should you be dealing with the IRS on these kind of issues. I mean, if you owe less than $10,000 and uh, if it's multiple years, 
you can easily go to irs.gov, click on payment, and then click on payment plan, and you can set up one electronically right there on the IRS website. If you owe more than $25,000, you're gonna to need to start filling out forms. There are financial forms called the 433A or 433F, um, and that's gonna give the IRS the ability to understand your finances. Is there a hardship? Is there a reason you're not able to make these payments? And then third is, in my case, most of my people or many of my people are entrepreneurs, self-employed people. So they either own their own corporation, LLC, or sole proprietorship. So making those quarterly payments, understanding how important it is to make quarterly payments is the secret to getting yourself eventually out of IRS debt. It's always easy to sit there and say, oh, I'm going to make this money, and you bring it in. But remember, the IRS is about 25% partner in your partnership. So we need to make sure we resolve that. All right, why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll get to your phone calls. Again, you can join us at 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. We are back live here in studio. If you want to join us, all you have to do is pick up the phone, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. All right, let's go to Tim, and then we'll work our way to Rodney. Hey, Tim. Hi, how are you, Dr. Friday? I am awesome, sweetheart. What can I do for you? The last three years, I have claimed my grandchildren they're all under four, three of them. And wow. this year, I expected their father, who is my son, to claim them. And I heard there's supposed to be money coming from the federal government starting in August. My question is, is there going to be a problem if I get that money before the end of the year, or do I need to let it just accrue and have him file? Yes, it's going to be um, challenging. What you're talking about for other listeners, uh, Tim's talking about, is the advance payment for the child credit that they're going to start sending out, um, which will change to $3,000, and they're going to try to send out that over the next uh, six months or something to the parents to help them support their children. Um, and this is what's going to get extremely complicated is, Tim, and great question, is how is the IRS going to reconcile? So in 20, let's just say in 2019, you claimed the grandchildren because they were there in the house and you were taking care of them. But in 2020, your son hopefully claimed them. My guess will be is that the, if he has filed and claimed them already, then it should be on the list that he would be the beneficiary or the person claiming the children for 2021. The problem with that is sometimes it's every other year in some situations. Um, and you know, in your case, it could be somewhat the same way. If he keeps his job and he does well, that's great. But otherwise, you may be the main breadwinner taking care of the children. You know, I'm just saying, hopefully that's not the case. But um, in answer to your question, my suggestion would be is to set, if you do start seeing the money coming in, then I would set it aside in a separate account that you guys can then reconcile because he's going to, it's going to become a credit that he's already received this money in theory on the 2021 tax return. He's going to say he right, never received it, obviously, assume. but you're going to have it. So it's going to be, um, a, it's a lot like this stimulus money which parent received it and the parent that's supposed to receive it isn't always the same situation. 
I don't know if I'm helping all right. you at I all, mean, Tim. So I, that's what I assumed, and I did claim everyone in 2020. But oh, okay. he was going to claim them for the year at the end of this year. Gotcha. 2020 well, is already then, done with yeah, all. Yeah, you're of our going fires. to you're going to get the advance, and you're going to be theoretically, you know, you're going to need to reconcile that with him because he's not going to get the credit because you got it uh, for that year. So it's going to be interesting to see how we reconcile that because it sounds like the two of you, I've got situations where the husband and wife or the grandparents and the biological parents don't talk. You know what I mean? No one's going to share anything. At least in this case, you be willing to share with your son and understand where the money came. Uh, but it's it, the IRS doesn't seem to be thinking in advance of that situation. Every year is could be different for who claims the children. And right now, Tim, you will be the person receiving that advance payment. I guarantee you that. The, well, the whole situation is very amicable. I'm very fortunate with that. So yes. that's what I assumed. I should just put it on the side. But I didn't want to wind up him claiming something that I got, which I would have given him anyway, and then turn around, we both get penalized. Right. So, so that's that what I'm thinking at the end of the year. Somehow there's going to be some sort of reconciliation, which they haven't released to us on how we're going to do this. But it would be that, you know, you are going to actually probably give him the money and he won't get it from the IRS would be the simple answer, Tim. Um, you know, would be he won't get the money as a refund or applied against his credits. And you will then just give him that money sitting in the account. That would be the perfect okay, answer. Okay, awesome. All right, Thank buddy. you very Thanks much. For calling. That's a great you. question. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, let's hit let's hit Rodney. Hey Rodney, what can I do for you? Hello, Dr. Friday. Thank you for taking my call. Um at March sixteenth of this year I went and had my local tax uh prepared lady here at, at HR and Block. She um she submitted uh, my application for the COVID nineteen relief checks. I understand there's been like three and she gave me a card and said that it would be uh, active within three to 21 days, which it was, but I have yet to receive it. It said in process when I went to the IRS.gov site, um, whenever, whenever it works and it says it's in process, but that's been, you know, coming up on two months or a little over two months now. And I have yet to receive any of it. And everyone, I know a lot of people have gotten all three. Um, I was wondering if you had a, any advice or maybe a site that I could go to or someone I could call a number. Okay, so the, the, uh, the fact is the IRS, yeah, the IRS is overwhelmed with so many people trying to get stimulus money on top of the usual refunds. And sounds like maybe you were a non-filer um, normally and you filed because that was the only way. And you really would have only received the no, first no, two on this I, tax return. I'm, I'm sorry. Or do you always I, I'm file? I'm sorry, ma'am. I always do. Yes, 2017 was okay. my last, um, I filed the last time. This time, she filed it. Uh, it's something to the effect of I think it's a W four. It's the same thing as the tax. Uh, the same way she prepares the taxes, but she just submitted my application for the uh, stimulus, um, the COVID nineteen right relief. Along with it. I, right. Not to, okay. Not knowing that I didn't earn it, but I mean, since everyone else has gotten three, I just wondered why oh. why it was that I wouldn't. 
Yes, yeah, I didn't receive it, it any is of not, it. It has nothing to do with you earning it or not. I mean, it is if your income is a certain thing, you will get it. And it's the first two is the only one she could have gotten for you, which would be $1,800 total, 12 and six. The 1400 didn't come out till March. That one will not be reconciled until we do the 2021 tax returns. But Rodney, back to the main part of that question is, no, I can tell you I have at least 60, 70 people that have not received their refunds that we have filed in the first weeks of last weeks of March, first weeks of April, at least, are we're still waiting. We see them in there. Usually says it's being, it's being processed. So we know the IRS has received the return, but we have no idea why they're not releasing it. And the IRS has not released any kind of news release that says, hey, here's what we need to do. Here's the problem. I have had about 10 people that have managed to get through and found out that they had identity situations that was holding it up. And so they had to prove their identity to get the tax return released. I don't know if that's your case. And the only way to do that would be to call the 1-800-829-1040. Again, 1-800-829-1040 number. Uh, I believe they're open Monday through Saturday um, and see if they can't um, help you, uh, you know, give you more information on if there's a reason, because it seems like there's not been a lot of letters, Rodney, not a lot of communication, at least telling us, hey, there's a holdup on your return because at least that we give people a reason behind what the problem is. We're not getting that. We're just looking at the IRS website. And like you said, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And when it does, it just basically right. says we're processing your return. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, but you can Listen, you try to call that number and see if it helps. You said 829-1040? Yes, sir. 1-800-829-1040. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you All very right. much, ma'am. Right. Have, have a blessed day. Uh-huh, you too. And I know, guys, it is frustrating. I can't tell you. Again, I know just driving here on a Saturday, I had at least six clients call me and tried to find out if I could help them um, locate their, their refunds. And, and the fact is, I have no more, once, and no tax person, once they've left our machines, in all honesty, technology has taken over. It now goes into, and we all we know is that it's been received. We have no notification coming back telling us that it's, being held because of this or anything. So um, I, I'm going to suggest try and it, you're going to have to be patient with that phone number because I'm sure quite a few people are calling it, but it is the uh, individual tax line for, for the IRS. And hopefully they can tell you what the status of your refund is or your tax return. So I think one of the questions they're going to ask is, is this a COVID refund? I would not say yes on that question if it's something I would say you're looking for your 2020 refund or the status of your 2020 return because you need to get to a human being that can open up the computer and then look at it and tell you, hey, this is why you have or this is why you haven't received something because at this point, guys, we don't know what's going on. There's no magical mirror for anyone. And if there is somebody in the tax professional uh, side of things that has a better suggestion, I would love for you to call in, uh, you don't have to use your name if you don't want, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, but if there is something like we did uh, last week, someone actually did call in, I appreciate her calling in and talking about the subject we had. But if someone has a better way of these people finding out where their refunds are or a different phone number to call, please share it or you can text me, whatever, uh, because that's the only one I have that I have found that at least is still working where a human being will answer the phone.
All right, so if you've got questions, we're about halfway through the show, guys. So if you've been holding your breath and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, all you have to do is pick up the phone, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls. And remember, there are no... I don't want to say stupid. That's not, you know, there's no bad questions. There's no stupid questions. I mean, if you don't ask the question, none of us will learn from it. And sometimes it takes a little bravery to call a radio show. I totally relate to that. Um, and so, you know, if you've got a question, I bet there's other people listening that might want to know the answer. And if I know the answer, that would actually be totally awesome. All right. So we're going to take the next break. But if you have to or want to join the show, 615-737-9986. I'm an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. So basically, guys, I'm kind of like a shield between you and the IRS. I do not and have never worked for the IRS. Just to put that out there, sometimes people think that I have worked for them. I have never worked for the IRS, but I am licensed by them to do representation and taxation, which basically means I'm here to help you guys make it through the maze of what we call the IRS. All right, so join the show, 615-737-9986. We'll be right back. We are back here live in studio. This is the Dr. Friday show where we talk about taxes or money issues, things that we need to start preparing for and things that we maybe should know already. So we're going to go through a little bit of a checkoff list of a few things that are kind of coming up. Obviously, some people, because of the late date on the May 17th extensions, just remember that they did not extend the uh, estimated payment. So your first estimate was due on April the 15th. Um, so that would mean that your next one needs to be due on June 15th. Um, if you missed the first one, my suggestion is to pay it as soon as possible um, and then try to make, obviously, any other payments. It is always best, guys, instead of always looking backwards with the IRS, it's a big tendency. A lot of people get so overwhelmed with the fact that they owe the IRS 20000 Oh, I owe the IRS for four years. You're never really going to get out of that unless you're fortunate enough to, I don't know, sell a house or come into some money. Um, you really need to start thinking, how can I stop owing the IRS as far as by the end of the year, how can I pay in my share and do it in a way that they're not keeping large refunds because that will go backwards. And sometimes that's not the agenda we're looking for, uh, but that you're mainly paying forward. So, you know, every month you can go easiest right now, the IRS has got it set up pretty cool where you could go to irs.gov, click on pay, and you can make a bank or credit card payment every month uh, to the future. So you would choose 2021, you would choose the month of May, and you would break down whatever you owed in 2020, divide it by 12, or if possible, divide it by the number of months left if you haven't paid any quarters, and make that payment every single month. At least if you pay in 100% of what you owed the year before, you're going to be darn close to be able to settle. Now, if you already know that this year, for several businesses, 2021 is going to be awesome, guys. They are already way above. And compared to what happened in 2020 for some of these businesses, this is great news. Uh, but 
if you have to be one of those construction guys. I mean, let's be honest, 2020 was great for you guys. And 2021 is not slowing down one bit. So if that's the case, then you're going to need to go and you're going to need to preempt. Every time, every time you take out a check, um, you want to take 25%, set it over in a tax account, and you want to live off 75. Um, if you are in a single member LLC or a sub S corporation or a multi member LLC or a partnership, all of those are pass throughs, which basically means even if you only took $50,000 to live on, but the company made $100,000, you're paying tax on all $100,000. The hope is is on the other 50, at least the taxes that are due on it is sitting in the account and you can take it out and pay that portion. And then that way you have their tax dollars. But the money that you took off to live on, you did actually set that money aside, paid it already to the IRS in perfect world. So, and some people want to go on payroll. There's nothing wrong with payroll. But the problem here on payroll is, guys, when you're talking about um, a small business owner and money sometimes can be tight, and then you get yourself in trouble with fiduciary tax or trust fund tax, I should say, um, where that's money that you withheld for Social Security, Medicare for the employee, even if you are the employee. Now you're talking about higher penalties, higher um, interest and, and things, and shorter periods of negotiating power as far as paying that back. Um, you could get yourself in more trouble than than just treating. And to be quite honest, single member LLCs, multi-member LLCs, partnerships, none of you as the owners should really be on payroll. Payroll is actually designed for employees. And since you're the owner, it doesn't happen. Now that does change for people with sub S or C corporations. If you are a corporation, you can be an employee of your company. Um, and there is a, some advantages to being a sub S corporation. If you're paying yourself the maximum salary of your job and there's still more profits, you wouldn't have to pay social security or Medicare tax on those profits, unlike pass-throughs from um, LLCs or partnerships in most cases. Um, so again, these are the kinds of things you want to consider. Think about when you're setting up a business, think about what we have coming down the line and really sit back and, and get the business in a healthy place. You know, I mean, business, I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years, been blessed to have people that are listening to the show and others that have come and used my services, but it's always, a, I mean, there's always that finagle to understand how to make the business better, how to, to do what we need to do and to pay, yes, as little amount of taxes as possible and still accomplish what we want to accomplish. These are the kinds of things, if your tax person or bookkeeper um, is not giving you those kinds of answers, if you're not getting that kind of evaluation on your business, then you need to call. Um, I will tell you guys, I'm playing hooky for the next week or so, so my phone lines will probably be really busy. But if you want to call after June 7th, I will then set up an appointment for you guys and we will be able to go through, we can look at your QuickBooks files or if you're using some other so uh, source of tracking, we can evaluate what some of the things you could be doing uh, to save tax dollars. But, you know, debt, I will tell you right now, I am not a firm believer of debt. Prime example, if you are going to go spend $10,000 and you're in the 12% tax bracket, you're going to save $1,200 on $10,000.
doesn't really seem to be a good plan in my opinion to have to spend all that money to save that little amount of money now it does get better and better if the higher income brackets right if you're at the 30 percent tax bracket well i spend ten thousand dollars i'll save three thousand dollars still seems like an awful lot of wasted money i'd rather pay the three thousand and not have to spend the other seven that is just common sense and you need that when you're building a business because normally cash flow is the hardest thing that most of us have to deal with and nowadays we're going to have quite a few people that have loans that maybe haven't had loans because sba has helped a lot of small businesses get back on their feet but now they have loans and things that they have to put into their number system and that's an important thing to be able to do so if you haven't got someone to actually give you a second opinion on how or maybe you do have a great person keep them if you do if don't give us a holler and we'll be more than glad to give you a second opinion on what maybe you should be doing how your bookkeeping is tracking and also you know protecting yourself for the fact of an audit it's going to be one of those situations especially under the current administration and he's talking about giving billions of dollars to the irs for the purpose of auditing um we're most self-employed people are pretty high on that list of people they want to audit um a lot of people always think the rich are going to get audited well the rich are one out of ten where most people that make less than a million dollars have one percent chance and while making more than a million dollars has a ten percent chance so their odds are already high under the old administration this is additional audits he's talking about so that's something you want to put on your agenda as well you want to make sure that you know where your money is how you're coming up to that number and how you need to justify it because i've been doing taxes a long time and in doing those taxes, I also know sometimes, you know, when I ask someone what their miles are and they go, well, you know, that's not the answer we really want. We'd love to see a mileage log. We'd love to see mileage IQ or something tracking it. So it's not too late for this year is what I'm telling you. 2021, make it a new resolution. You're going to do these things and make it work. All right. So if you want to join the show, if you've got a question on that or any kind of tax or financial question, I'll do my best to help you out. 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. We're going to take your calls. And again, you know, if you're a new business, sometimes one of the questions that come in my office is, should I be an LLC? Should I be a partnership? Should I be a sole proprietorship? Should I be a corporation? And um, I'll be honest, I, that's not something I can just help you with on the phone. It really depends on what your big goals are, what your small goals are. Are you going to take on partners? Are you... Um, and, and, and if you are in a partnership or an LLC, are you, you know, do you have a partnership agreement, a member's agreement? Because most people choose to be in partnership with the person they're in partnership with. But if that person is married or has significant other, what happens if that person, something happens to them? Are you going to be in business with that significant other? Um, or, you know, is there a buyout clause? Is there ability to do things and how you're going to make that work is very important because uh, one of my older brothers have always liked to say, you should always have an exit plan, you know? Um, and it is true. I mean, even when you're starting a business, you should always know, especially if you're dealing with multiple personalities, there should always be that ability who's going to be doing this, who's going to do that and have it because I can't tell you in 25 years how many partnerships and LLCs I have seen broken up. And for people that started out as the absolute best of friends and ended up with, you know, basically sometimes not even talking to each other for years afterwards. So it's not worth it. Money's not worth it, uh, not for a good friendship. And certainly starting a business out the way you want it and then going that direction 
always risky, but there are ways that we can put up um, uh, you know, help or boundaries so that way you're able to do something to make it work for you versus taking that risk and then going, oh no, you know, this isn't working. He, I do all the work and all you did is put money in or those kind of questions come up. And that's the kind of thing you really need to have a good setup and a good situation so that you know what you're going to do and how you're going to do it because you don't want that to get between a good friendship or not. It just isn't worth it to make it happen. All right, let's hit Randy before the break. Let's hit Randy in there. Thanks. Uh, hey, Randy, what's hey, happening? Hey, I'm doing okay. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Hey, uh, the question I've got is, I was wondering about the, uh, like a rent-to-own uh, setup for uh, me as the landlord, when I have somebody that's going to do a rent-to-own, say $200 of it or some portion of it goes toward the equity, building equity for the home, uh, and say another 200 goes toward the rent. Uh, how is that How is that taxed? Uh, is that equity taxed at a, at a capital gains rate and the other taxed at a standard tax rate? How, how does that work? Well, it kind of depends on how it's going to be wrote up. Um, if it is really a rent to own and then then five years they have to have a mortgage and they buy it out from you at that time or are you really self-financing and they're buying the house from you because really if it's a rent to own it basically means that all the money is rental until the contract has been either enough equity for them to go get a mortgage and then at that time you write the contract on how much money you're selling the property for if it is a tote the note where well, I tote, you not tote, but you know, where you're basically going to be the financee of them buying the house, then you do a 6252, which basically is where you would show interest in principal being paid against an amount that they've agreed to buy the house for, you know, um, because okay. otherwise you're really just keeping money in escrow for them to, you know, build up equity to buy the house, which is no guarantee that's ever going to really happen. In all honesty, I've seen more of those deals through, fall through than, um, you know, I cared to talk, you know, really say, but so in my opinion, you can either show it at, you're not really selling the house. There's no house contract when they are rent to owning because the contract basically says, well, at least some of the contracts, maybe yours does say that they are buying a house, but if they're buying the house, and renting the house at the same time, you are going to either have an agreement that they're going to buy the house at $150,000 and $200 of each of those payments are going to go to this. Is there going to be interest on the money that you're holding or is it going to be straight capital gains? Because that would be your options. And normally the law requires you to charge interest if you have a loan. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Have I confused you? Right, yeah, okay. I <laughs> Hopefully okay, I haven't confused you more, Randy. Well, not so, really. The, the thing about it is, it's like a property that you don't really want to. I mean, somebody that can't get a loan typically who does that. And right. I mean, typically, I said not always. Yeah, no, you're right. Somebody yeah. has a hard time getting the money. And so it's a way to hold a property without getting it all tied up with the deed of trust and this and that and the foreclosure. And that was what I was looking at. And there are. Right. I, know I, mean, I mean, I would probably just, I mean, personally, I would probably treat the whole thing as rental until the day that they're ready to buy. If, you, if they make it to the point where they've built up $30,000 equity and you say, you know what, I'm going to turn this into instead of a rent to own, they've turned out to be reliable people and you may actually tote the note on it. If the house has no mortgage. 
it may be a viable concept because you still can continue to do pretty much what you were doing. It would just become them buying the house versus renting the house. But in most, like you say, I mean, the problem is most people that rent to own in most cases, it just, it's, it's very difficult to really get to the point of ownership. They, they really can never really find the ability to get the money from the bank. You know, they just don't have that ability to borrow. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, you know, so, in, you know, so they're never going to really own because they would never really, I mean, they could rent from you for 50 years and probably never buy the house outright at that rate. I mean, yeah, that's my guess. True. I don't know how much this house is worth. So don't, you know, I mean, but are you going well, to want to hold it that I mean, long in that kind of deal? Would you sell a house for a very cheap rate? Is that, I mean, because of repairs needed, because of, uh, yeah. you know, things of that nature to where somebody's been a help to the family over years. Is that something dangerous to look out for when he gets into taxes too? Well, if it's, if it's not a family member, the answer is no. If it is a family member, there is specific tax law that basically makes that a very difficult thing to do. But if it's not a family member, then you could sell it at, I mean, I would probably, if it's someone that you know, a family friend and you're selling it at a low price, I would probably at least try to find some other property in the area that's sold or would have sold for something like that. Because like you just said, if it's an older home and requires $40,000 of repair to get it up to, to spec and you sell for $40,000 less to let that person have it, then that's a fair assumption. You know what I'm saying? So right. as long as yeah. you're not giving it away, I mean, in theory, you can give somebody $15,000 a year for a house. I mean, you could eventually gift a house to somebody. Right. Okay. You know, I mean, those things are possible. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's, that's all right. And I appreciate the information. No problem. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. All right, guys, let's take a quick break before I miss the last one here. And we'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. We are back here live in studio. And if you want to join us live, it's uh, only a few minutes left. 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. Taking your calls, talking about my favorite subject, as we all know, taxes, taxes, taxes. So if you haven't filed your taxes, hopefully you filed an extension. But for some reason, if you didn't, remember, most of the counties around us in the Southern Nashville area is still under an extension till August 2nd. So if you're not too sure, you can certainly give us a call or text and I'll let you know what counties, but all the main ones, Murray, Williamson, Davidson, all of the main ones around those areas is and was under um, victims of severe storm. So if you missed it this year, guys, you have um, ability to still do it right. August 2nd, 2021 is the deadline for that. If you filed an extension, business extensions will go till September 15th, individual extensions till October 15th. Again, I'm gonna suggest getting in, trying to get your taxes done earlier versus later. Um, the August 2nd deadline does apply to first quarter estimates that were supposed to be done on April 15th. I don't think I said that the last time. So if you're in one of the counties that did have the disaster and you did not make the April 15th, you are good because that one got pushed off. 
uh, first and second, theoretically, both got pushed till August 2nd. So again, there is some room here for people to be able to, um, you know, maybe get themselves on track this year, make things work this year, make everything happen the way it's supposed to happen. You know, um, trying to waste um, time worrying about what you could have, should have, or would have done. Is it ever going to be a win-win? What you want to do is look and say, okay, as of today, what can I do to make this a better situation? How can I change? And sometimes guys, it's a budget. It's time to, to start looking at what you have and what you're doing. And then the other times it's a matter of just making sure that everything is done the best to your ability. I mean, I know, but entrepreneurs, especially you guys have to be making quarterlies. You're, you have to have a bank account. You have to start looking at setting aside money for the taxes. If you are not an entrepreneur and you owe money every year, you need to reconsider your W-4. Maybe you need to have an extra $100 a paycheck come out, an extra $200. The one I just did Friday night was um, an extra $250 a paycheck. But they're going to get it from you either way. And in some cases with quite a bit of penalty. So why not just do it in the front end, learn to live with a little less money. And that way the IRS is not on your back. Nothing worse than having to deal with the IRS or to have to try to finagle how you're going to pay them when, you know, the money isn't there. And trust me, I have been there. Any entrepreneur that sits back and says they have never had to try to figure out how to pay their tax bill probably hasn't had a lot of fast growth in one given year or a really slow year the next year. But either way, you have to look at what you've got and what you're going to do forward. It's the only way you're going to grow a business successfully because having the IRS is your partner is one thing. You don't want them in your bank accounts. You don't want to be calling Dr. Friday and saying, oh, they've, they've froze my bank or they've taken a levy or there's a lien um, against an account. You don't want to have any of that. That just makes it harder for you to balance and also makes it more difficult for the IRS, to be honest. I mean, sure, they would love for you not to owe them money, but if that's the case and you do, there are so many tools. We've got fresh start programs where you can negotiate with the IRS. Doesn't work for everybody. You've got partial payment plans. You have payment plans. You have non-collectible. You have hardship filings. All of these can be things that you can use to help reduce your taxes and make everything work for you. It's not that difficult. So if you need help with any of that, you can call my office. Again, I will tell you guys, I am out of the office until June 7th. So you can either call or write down the number, but either way, 615-367-0819. That is my direct line, 615-367-0819. Email is always a faster response in some ways. And that's Friday, like the day of the week. That is also my first name, F-R-I-D-A-Y at drfriday.com. Friday at drfriday.com. Or if you have no idea who this crazy person on the radio is, first place you probably should go is to drfriday.com. Check out my website. Drfriday.com is my website. It's a, give you a way of telling you what we've been doing for business over 20 plus years, helping individuals and business owners to keep the IRS maybe not out of their business, but at least in a place where we can control and understand how much do we owe the IRS, why do we owe the IRS, and how much is the penalties and interest. I had a gentleman, he um, hadn't filed taxes since 2014. He made the regular payment, he, he went ahead and paid them, and this was in 2021. And he now has about 40,000 in penalty and interest just for those two years alone, which is almost 100% of what he owed them in the first place. 
penalties and interest are severe. All right. I hope you guys have an awesome Saturday. Hope you get to enjoy a little of the weather. Cop. You later.